Hey, what do you want a da da da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da da da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these days. I know. Like it's today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. <gasps> oh no! I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh no! No! These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to da or any da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. A big hello to all our listeners. Kunal Interlagos is such a lucky track. It's decided the Formula 1 title six times in recent memory. Six times, can you believe that? Do you remember Kimi Raikkonen snatching the title in 2007? (laughs) Best memory of Interlagos. Of course, I remember that. In fact, my memory of Interlagos is that of the Brazilian driver Felipe Massa losing his title in 2008 in front of those thousands of Brazilian fans because Lewis Hamilton overtook Timo Glock on the last corner of the last lap of the last Grand Prix of the season. That's just Timo Glock's claim to fame, (laughs) his only claim to fame. (laughs) But I think the venue totally deserves such exciting races. I mean, I love the layout. It's an amazing circuit. It's got unpredictable weather and such passionate Brazilian fans. And I think I also remember Jensen Button being attacked at the Brazilian Grand Prix one of the years. I can't remember which year, but anyway. Well, I remember 2012 when we had Sebastian Vettel spinning around on turn three in the opening lap. And then he was hit by someone. He yet survived. He finished the race. And he won the World Drivers' Championship, his third title. Oh yes, and that's when we realized that Adrian Newey's talent was not in building Formula 1 cars alone, but it was also in building tanks. (laughs) (laughs) I think Mercedes could learn a thing or two from him. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, in this very race in 2012, Michael Schumacher let Sebastian Vettel go past so that the young German could go and claim his World Drivers' Championship. So it was Schumacher helping baby Schumacher to the title. Such a heartwarming gesture. And 2012 was also McLaren and Jensen Button's last victory. They've not won a single race in four long years, (laughs) my God. Kunal, I wonder if we will be repeating this statistic again, you know, next season, this race, (laughs) five years since McLaren won. (laughs) Let's hope not for McLaren and of course, Fernando Alonso's sake. Yep. So before we go further, let's just take a quick look at everything that we have in store on this week's episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast. Kunal, we have so much to talk about. Yes, we have 20 minutes of funny Formula (laughs) 1. Well, of course, we're going to start with talking about the Drivers' Championship battle and how it could be decided in Brazil. And the big question, is Nico Rosberg a deserving champion? Yes, we also speak about Lewis Hamilton and Serena Williams. Interesting. Gravel traps and how the hell did Sebastian Vettel go scot-free after Mexico? How the hell, right? (laughs) 
Well, we're also going to talk about Lance Stroll, his debut and his many expenses to get to Formula 1. How skiing is interested in adopting Formula 1's elimination-based qualification system. Interesting. And of course, predictions for the upcoming Brazilian Grand Prix, Kunal. This is your forte. (laughs) Even more interesting. But this year's Brazilian Grand Prix could be a Grand Prix of firsts for both the Mercedes drivers. If Hamilton wins, it'll be his first ever victory year since his debut. Wow, I cannot believe he's never won in Brazil. Absolutely. And if Nico Rosberg wins, it'll be his first World Drivers Championship ever since his debut, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) To be very honest and frank, I am absolutely loving this suspense. Who will win the World Drivers' Championship in 2016? And I don't mind it continuing till Abu Dhabi or even longer if there was a possibility. (laughs) And finally, you know, there is some element of surprise in Formula 1 outside of Max Verstappen. (laughs) Finally, right? I'm just wondering if Rosberg will approach this weekend, you know, not thinking about the World Drivers' Championship as he claims he has. Though it may probably make things pretty tough for him. Kunal, I'm just thinking back to Austria, you know, when he made that mistake while he was in the lead on the last lap of the race. Yes, yes. And Hamilton won. Yes, yes. But I think this is a different Rosberg to who we saw back then. I mean, at least given the upswing in his performances this season. And there's this whole chatter about whether Nico Rosberg is a deserving world champion. And I bloody well think he is. This whole word deserving, you know, Gunal, that's what's quite uh, strange for me. So, I'm going to go back to Lewis Hamilton's 2008 victory when he won the World Drivers' Championship. And like you said, he made a pass on the last corner of the last lap of the last race. And hey, is that deserving then? Ouch. (laughs) At this point, we don't really remember how he won. All we remember is that, hey, Lewis Hamilton won. And I think this will be true for Rosberg too. I mean, even if Hamilton wins the next two races, eventually people will remember who won the title. I don't think the Hamilton fans will forget that easily. (laughs) I think they're already cursing us on this podcast. A few of them have tuned tuned out. (laughs) By the way, I wonder if Raikkonen's title in 2007, you know, the one that he won by one point again at the last race, is considered as a fluke at this moment. and uh, Or for that matter, do we even consider that Hamilton was unlucky that very season? My mind even goes back to 2009 when Jensen Button won a world championship thanks to a double diffuser. And guess what? He is now known to be Formula 1's best ambassador. So at the end of the day, I think we should just hand it to Rosberg if he wins against Hamilton in the same car. And like we've said before, absolutely hats off to Nico Rosberg. So, of course, he's been beaten comprehensively on plenty of weekends. Plenty of weekends. (laughs) And he still lands up believing that he can beat Lewis Hamilton. And guess what? He does it. Well, let's face it. You can't win a Formula 1 Drivers' Championship on luck alone. I think that just belittles the fact that it's a Formula 1 Drivers' Championship we're talking about. Actually, right? It's an insult (laughs) to the goddamn title. Anyway, in Brazil, I don't think Nico Rosberg can play the calculative game anymore. He cannot afford to not finish 
second or third. And I'm sure that's his game plan too in some way. He'd love to win the race and take the title and maybe do the samba. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Nico Rosberg could not have asked for a better venue than Interlagos. Actually, yes. So he's beaten Hamilton here every single race where they've been teammates. In qualifying and the race. That's some recorder. Yeah, he just needs to do it one more time. <laughs> and, and this time it really counts. Yeah. And and remember the Britney Spears song, Hit Me Baby, One More Time? I mean, who better than Nico Rosberg to <laughs> do it one more time? Britney, do it! Kunal, let's just hope that Lewis Hamilton does not hit our Britney, Nico Rosberg, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> But I really wonder, given how much money Abu Dhabi pays to be the last venue on the race calendar, you know, when they expect the anticipation to be maximum, will the FOM actually fix the race outcome in Interlagos in some manner, just to take the title to the last round? (laughs) That's a very uh, interesting thought. I don't think we should dwell more on that. But (laughs) race fixing in Formula 1, where's Flavio Briatore when we need him? (laughs) But isn't it ironic that an economy that's funded by oil is paying for a race to be hosted in an era where they are trying to use as little oil and petrol as possible? The the irony of being in Formula <laughs> 1. Well, there's a match being fixed in Hamilton's life and it seems it is with Serena Williams this time. That's the kind of match fixing we like. <laughs> I think Venus Williams attended the race in the United States of America, just to confirm Serena's choice in Lewis. It was like, meet the family type. <laughs> and what a venue they picked huh? <laughs> on national television. But yes, Lewis Hamilton and Serena Williams. So we all know that Nico Rosberg has a match point at Interlagos. One more match point <laughs> One for more that match point. So it's awesome that Lewis Hamilton is learning from the best on how to thwart a match point. <laughs> <laughs> And hey, by the way, just to prove that they actually make an amazing match, Serena Williams is super active on Snapchat. And Kunal, she even posted pictures of her doing karaoke (laughs) with a golden microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, during Halloween, Lewis Hamilton was dressed as the Joker. The one from the Batman series and not... The Joker from the world of tennis guys. (laughs) Apart from the Joker and the jokes. So Lewis Hamilton thanked Ross Braun for the Mercedes era that he triggered in Formula 1. That's a nice gesture, I think. Oh yes, and Hamilton also said that a title loss will be hard to swallow. But he will move on. And you know, given this emotional turmoil that the two drivers, specifically their fans... And all of us are going through. Let's just wish for the best driver to win this season. Wouldn't that mean that Fernando Alonso should win this season? (laughs) (laughs) Or as Alonso put it, Daniel Ricciardo should be winning. Well, okay. He's almost winning a few things this season at least. (laughs) Two key topics for us to discuss in the episode ahead. So firstly, the gravel traps, yes or no. And secondly, Sebastian Vettel, how the hell did he go (laughs) scot-free? That's still a question that's somewhere bothering us and a lot of people in Formula 1. I just don't get it. But first up, in the wake of the Mexican Grand Prix, so there have been a lot of opinions, the key one being of track limits and how actually a gravel trap in Turn 1 instead of a runoff area 
could have ended the whole Hamilton Verstappen penalty saga. So here's the question. Should Formula 1 go back to gravel traps? Yes or no? I think the point of track limits is very crucial. You know, whether gravel traps are used to enforce them or something else like walls, like Bernie Ecclestone said, (laughs) I don't think the fans really care. But the crucial point is that track limits need to be enforced. And if I remember right, gravel traps were actually replaced with tarmac because they were safer. So going back on safety wouldn't be ideal, of course. You know, gravel traps were actually that effective. I'm sure Donald Trump would have recommended gravel traps instead of a wall. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, Daniel Ricciardo is in for it and Christian Horner is in too. But the FIA has said no. Well, at the moment, they're saying no for different reasons. It isn't entirely about track limits from what I read. It is about the gravel traps damaging current tyres more than the tarmac. In which case, shouldn't we be using them anyway? I mean, there ought to be some sort of a penalty for a driver when he crosses track limits. Let me give you an example from the world of cricket. If you're out of the crease when the game is in play, you could be stumped out or run out. And I think this holds true for almost every sport that I can think of. The only sport that I can think of which doesn't have a penalty, if you cross outside the designated field of play... That's World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE. And Kunal, like we know, that's much fixed and very fake. (laughs) On the second point, I am surprised that Sebastian Vettel was let off this easily. The FIA actually dealt with Vettel wrongly twice in the last week. First, they penalized him for a defensive move on Ricciardo on the track, which I don't think was necessary. And we spoke about it the last episode. As for the expletives on radio, maybe not a race ban, but a grid penalty or something should have been coming his way. I mean, it is okay if he doesn't respect his competitors, like Max Verstappen has shown that he doesn't. But it is another thing to not respect the race director. I think the least they could have done was strip him of his driver of the day title. Like the strangest thing. But anyway, do you think Ferrari pulled all strings for Vettel? It certainly seems like they did. And we already know that they have a veto on the rules. Well, your guess is as good as mine on this. Honestly, I think the FI should have used the Vettel episode to set an example for the future. But you know, hey, this is the FIA and they seldom set examples. (laughs) (laughs) On to other news. Kural, this is really strange. So Red Bull Racing said they never considered leaving Formula (laughs) 1. I don't believe it. Well, I don't think of it to be strange at all. I knew all along the way that they were kidding. (laughs) I also read that Red Bull Racing made a profit last year. And that's mainly from the money they saved by not paying Vettel, you know, since he moved to Ferrari. So by letting Vettel go, they made money. And they found Max Verstappen. Not a bad deal at all. Not a bad deal at all. And Max Verstappen can help Red Bull Racing make even more money. You know, given his popularity. And I'm guessing that more brands will be keen on Red Bull Racing. Given that Verstappen races for them, obviously. By the way, Verstappen said that the 2017 cars might be easier to drive. And... I don't think that's a part of the marketing script, Max. (laughs) You know, for months, Formula One and everyone in the sport have been trying to sell 
2017 to us by telling us how different the cars are already looking and, and how much quicker they'll be. And here comes Max who actually blurted out the truth. <laughs> well, Max Verstappen is awesome. Or maybe the 2017 cars will just be easier for Max to drive and nobody else. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, is there anything in Formula 1 currently that's difficult for Max Verstappen? I think I know the one thing that's difficult for Max Verstappen currently. And that is winning Nikki Lauda's praise and affection. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Robbie Williams, the singer Robbie Williams... He doesn't know who Max Verstappen is. What a loser. <laughs> I don't think his records are ever going to sell in the Netherlands again. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a silly PR stunt and it's gone all wrong. I think it is with the word Williams. Whatever they're doing of late in Formula 1 ain't working. Except Serena Williams, of course. <laughs> that is working. <laughs> For the moment. The flavor of the month, maybe. <laughs> Toto Wolf said that Mercedes has maxed out under current regulations. I think this is the only way they can link Max and Mercedes together at the very moment. <laughs> well, I think the one driver who might find it difficult to max out in 2017 is Lance Stroll. So his Formula One dreams have cost his father nearly $80 million. Luckily, his father is a billionaire, but this is insane. <laughs> I think $80 million, he could very well launch Stroll Formula 1 racing and sell the second seat to Maldonado for about $20 million. <laughs> that is a great business idea, Kunal. <laughs> Thank and you. yes, Pastor Maldonado is the last driver I remember who paid so much money to become a Formula 1 driver. Somehow, Williams has a knack of attracting these guys. <laughs> Maldonado paid potloads of money from what I can remember and Stroll is paying truckloads of money. Both drivers would have debuted with Williams and let's hope Stroll doesn't go the crash in all the way. But let's not be judgmental and to be honest, his CV does seem interesting. And to be fair to him, his father has paid those millions to make him race. But again, he has delivered wins to prove his talent as well. But the Williams team is so funny. So they recently went and said that they're now ready to fight the top three teams. And that's really ironic because Williams is currently fifth in the World Constructors Championship. So basically they have four teams ahead of them to fight, not three. <laughs> yes, Williams will have to fight the top three constructors and force India. Let's remember, force India is still fourth in the World Constructors Championship. Lest Williams forget. But Kunal, do you remember the last time a Williams was on pole? No, I do not and I am not interested. So I will not check Wikipedia. <laughs> well, I will tell you. The last time a Williams was on pole is when Serena Williams stood next to Lewis Hamilton's car on the pole position slot in the Mexican Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, very bad joke. But <laughs> I'm okay. sorry, just a little cruel. <laughs> Fernando Alonso says that the current cars are half Formula 1. Well, that could be Formula half of Formula 0.5, depending <laughs> how you want to say it. But I think it's probably more polite than saying GP2. <laughs> He's learned well. <laughs> the, all the media training is actually working on him now. Little too late, no? <laughs> but I really hope that the 2017 regulations excite him. 
Otherwise, you know, there's a big chance that he'll just say goodbye to Formula One, to McLaren, to all of us. And hey, that's some loss. Fernando Alonso. Yes. And we've said this before. We say it again. It is very, very strange that Formula One is consistently unable to get the best driver on the grid, a decent car to go racing in. Now, I know if you turn around and say McLaren Honda is decent, I will disagree. But I just hope the flaws are obvious for everyone else to see as well. I hope Ross Braun can fix it. Because apparently he's offered some advice to Liberty Media while promoting his new book as well. (laughs) He's a good marketer as well. (laughs) Anyway, there's a lot of confusion on what Ross Braun is doing or could end up doing for Formula One. The only good news from him that I read at the moment is that Michael Schumacher is showing encouraging signs in his period of recovery. That is brilliant news for the sport. Just what we wanted to hear. In this whole Braun replacing Ecclestone saga though, Nicky Lauda actually made a lot of sense. So he said that he wondered how a world-class engineer could replace a world-class businessman. (laughs) Spot on, right? Yeah, Lauda is always spot on. And closing notes, who will Renault sign as Hulkenberg's teammate in 2017 and how McLaren are losing sponsors every other month? Or is it every single month? I'm not sure. <laughs> so Danny Kivat has confirmed with Toro Rosso. Botas has confirmed with Williams. Which brings us to the question again, who will Renault sign up? So they really wanted Carlos Sainz, who's unavailable. And Perez is also unavailable. This means that there could be a ray of hope still for Kevin Magnussen. And I really hope so. Uh, Else, there are the usual suspects in, uh, you know, Jonathan Palmer, Sebastian Ocon, Pascal Verlein, Felipe Nasser, Marcus Eriksson. And frankly, I'm surprised I know their first and last names, (laughs) despite us not talking about them this often on our podcast. I think in the end, Renault will end up signing whoever is left after Force India makes up their mind. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, an Olympic ski champion believes that skiing should have a Formula One-style elimination for qualifying. And you know, it just feels good that other sports are also learning from Formula One. Which is actually very strange. And this comes in a year when Formula One believed that its elimination qualifying system could have been improved or probably thought it was crap. And hence decided to replace it with something I don't even remember now. It was such a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Kunal, predictions for Brazil. This is your big moment. Max Verstappen or Daniel Ricciardo for the win. Let the Mercedes drivers realize that winning the World Drivers' Championship ain't going to be as easy just because you're driving a Mercedes. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. We're still on top on iTunes. Thank you very much for those reviews. You can keep writing more of those and we will see you post-Brazil.